one of the nicest parts about what we do is if, if you give it time, it will, it will come around to the point where you, at some point, it will be there. And it's about picking that point, though. That's, that's probably the hardest point, is, is knowing where it's at, what it's doing, uh, the beer in the barrel, and knowing where it's going and then trying to f- hit it at that point where you think it's, it's just right. This is The Producers. I'm Danny Vallant. Ed Nolly brews sour beer at Dollar Bill Brewing in the Australian beer capital of Ballarat. In 1870, as the gold rush tailed off, Ballarat had more than 500 pubs. Panning and digging for gold was clearly extremely thirsty work. The gold is mostly gone, but Ballarat is still a beer centre with a culture of brewing nurtured by local Federation University, which offers courses in malting and brewing. Ed and his wife Fiona are the people behind Dollar Bill Brewing. It's craft beer by name and it's also crafted with love, care and passion. Uh, my name is Ed Nolly. I am the uh, brewer, blender and barrel caretaker for Dollar Bill Brewing up in Ballarat. Well, I've been brewing, home brewing for uh, yeah, on 20 years now, uh, mostly with a, a friend out of high school and, and he went on to work in the wine industry and I kind of diverted into the the beer industry mostly in the kitchen in the beer in, in the in the in a, in a brew pub in Canada um and then kind of uh we got together again he, he developed his winemaking processes and we were able to play around with some barrels and and some you know some fancy equipment in the winery and we put some stuff into barrels and uh let it age for a few years and had some really good success and uh decided that it was going to be the path that we went down and he kept on wine, making wine and, and he's still chasing the, the perfect Pinot and I've gone on to make sour beer and put more beer into barrels. Dollar Bill takes fresh fruit, honey and wort from local producers, then ferments and ages it in French oak barrels. The end products include Belgian-inspired ales, ciders, mead and barrel-aged beers. It's art, science, and creativity in a glass. It's a fairly simple kind of operation. We take uh, fresh, fresh wort uh, as a gypsy brewer, uh, transport it into Ballarat, or take it from a, a producer in Ballarat, and then we uh, either ferment it uh, using spontaneous uh, atmospheric wild yeasts and bacteria, um, or we inoculate it and then put it off to barrel to age. Essentially, they're all sour, so they're, they're sour beers, and that, that comes from uh, lactic acid bacteria within the, the barrels, so in the actual spore, uh, the pores of the wood in the, in the barrels. Um, so everything goes sour, so we do sour barrel-aged beers. Uh, some are a little bit funkier than others, so there's uh, barrels that exhibit uh, Britannomyces characters, which are, you know, barnyard, funk, and goatee aromas and, and things like that. Uh, which really adds some kind of complexity and interest to the product. Um, and we do uh, typical sour beers, and sour beers work beautifully when they're put over fruit. So uh, fruit is basically sugar and acid and flavour. Uh, so we provide the acid component, the sourness, uh, put it over fruit, and the fruit adds the flavour component. And then there's this underlying uh, ethanol, ABV, um, which you know makes it enjoyable to drink. Brewing vies with baking as the oldest craft known to humans. But what actually is this trendy innovation called craft beer? 
Ed explains. Essentially, craft beer was was a movement that came out of uh, the US uh, in the 70s as, as legislation changed in, in the 70s to allow people to, to homebrew uh, legally in the US. And it came to Australia after that. And it, it's never been illegal to homebrew in Australia, but that movement came out of the, the US. And uh, I think it was more a movement away from these larger uh, commercial macro beers, which are produced uh, from raw ingredients that are essentially um, grown for more fermentability, for higher sugar levels, better efficiencies, and not necessarily grown for better flavour. In Australia, we've, we've kind of, we're coming into that too. We're, we've been, I think, a little bit sidetracked by, you know, craft beers. Like, you know, it's a, it's a whole lot of fun. There's, you know, your flavour components are, are huge. You can, you can do anything with it too. It's like, you've, it's so much fun to play around with, adding different ingredients, different fruit ingredients and different grains and different um, hops into and, and pushing those hop levels with craft beer. But I think we're coming back to that sense of uh, we actually can produce some really good kind of um, malted, uh, malted grains in Australia from older varieties, which were grown back in the day for flavour. Um, these guys up at uh, Voyager Craft Malt up in the Riverina in New South Wales, they produced some magnificent malt. They won a, um, a, a World Malting Championship award for their pale malt, which uh, I think it's Valoria. And this is built, this is it's produced from schooner in using again regenerative farming practices, so caring for the land and looking after it, and and that translates into the grains and then the malting process and then back into the beer. So. Um, yeah, it's it's growing in Australia, like this movement towards better product, um, but it's been coming from the US from, you know, mid-70s. Barrel ageing creates flavours, but blending is where Dollar Bill really makes its beer. This is the most creative part of the process, but can also be the most nerve-wracking. And that's probably why Ed loves it so much. We, we enjoy the ability to kind of blend at the end. So we, we have multiple barrels of different kind of uh, ferment processes and then we put them together to make a product. And it's a little bit more art-like than science-like. So regular brewing is probably a little bit more science-like. Everything's got to be uh, hitting numbers and, and, and hitting points, whereas uh, the, the blending barrel barrel aging and blending process is a little bit more art-like. You have the ability to kind of take different barrels and an idea of a profile of, of flavour that you have in your head and then take those barrels and try and recreate that uh, profile that you're looking for. So more art than science uh, from my point of view. With the blending process, we essentially we have uh, products that are created, conceptualised, brewed, um, and then fermented and then put off the barrel. Once they go to barrel, I mean, and you don't want to be putting bad beer off the barrel. So if, if it if it doesn't work in that fermentation process, then basically it's not going to work in barrel at all. So, so the fermentation process has to be thoughtful, at least thoughtful, um, and then some stuff will be... If, you, if it's inoculated and it has a really good, nice, clean ferment, um, and it, you put it off the barrel, it will it will sour up, um, and it will sour up fairly quickly. The lower the amount of hops you put in there, so less hops, more sour. Um, and then each batch will kind of have 
uh, several different fermentation techniques done on it. So you have, a, let's say it's a, a 10 barrel batch and you'll do four barrels with inoculated uh, dry yeast or inoculated yeast to do two barrels with um, older uh, inoculation from a, a previous batch, which may have uh, larger populations of, of wild yeast and bacteria. And then you'll do two, which are maybe spontaneous ferments, uh, either straight to barrel or via a cool ship. So um, essentially we'll put those into barrel and uh give it enough time for it to develop some acidity, some lactic, bas- uh, lactic acid bacteria acidity. Um, and if it develops a little bit of funk from Britannomyces or something with residual sugars, then that's fantastic. If it doesn't, and it's nice, clean uh, lactic acid base. Um, and then we'll take that product so as a, as a collective. And then if we need to source other complexity from other barrels, we'll look at other barrels from different batches to add complexity to that batch. So there's a whole lot going on. Uh, (laughs) um, Each product is different, but each product starts as a concept, uh, ends as a product, but incorporates other barrels of of other stuff um, in there. And it it all has to have a a certain acidic profile. So it shouldn't be, uh, you know, just... A straight beer. Like a, if it tastes like a normal beer, we're probably not. Uh, it's probably not ready yet. So it, it's still it's still developing acidity. It's developing funk. It's def- developing barrel characteristics. Um, so we'll typically wait till we've got a nice, good acid profile, and then blend some complexity into it. Creativity is essential in standing out as a craft brewer, but good beer always has to be technically sound. How do art and science work together to create a great bottle? You've got to have the science there. It's, it's all about having good, basic knowledge of, of how to create beer. Um, we, we made, so my friend, my winemaking friend and I, we made uh, beer down in the winery. We, we weren't initially putting stuff into barrels. Um, we were just making beer. We were making pale ales and IPAs and uh, playing around with hop bursting and dry hopping and and all this stuff and whirlpooling and uh, and just different grains and, and all that sort of stuff. And so the science has got to be there. You've got to know how to make good beer to start off with. And then once you know how to make good beer, then and the part of exploring it is to, to allow those microbes to do their things. And, and the constraint is environmental. So if you've got temperature and humidity and and certain other things that kind of play into how those barrels behave and how those microbes behave. Um, and even even the barrel selection plays a, a big part too. So we'll, we'll use typically French oak because French oak's a little bit more uh, open-poured, so it, it breathes a little bit better. So you get this increase in Britannomyces characters that you don't get with American oak or uh, maybe, you know, other oaks that, or other woods um, that aren't quite as porous. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's that and then you put it off to age and then the, the art kind of thing comes in with, you know, picking when, when does the barrel ready and, and when is it, is it right to blend and, and what can you blend it with and, and then putting the fruit with it and picking a good base and a good fruit to go together and, um, yeah, so that it's, it's quite a bit involved but uh, – you've got to have that science background, uh, that knowledge of, of how to make good beer to start and then just push that good beer 
into a whole other realm of, of interest and intrigue and complexity. Ballarat has a strong history as a beer hub, and these days brewers of all sizes and types ply their craft in different ways. How do these many players work together in collaboration and competition? Ballarat's a, a particular area of, 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 of Victoria that just has some uh, magnificent producers. We've got uh, Powlett Hill up the road here that does some magnificent biodynamic, biodynamic grains, which are, um, I don't know if you know, biodynamic farming is a little bit little like a little bit like organic farming, but instead of just not doing stuff, you do stuff to promote uh, regenerative kind of farming practices um, and, and improve the land. Uh, and they do some magnificent grains out there. They, they run a little uh, stone flour mill out there, um, just producing beautiful biodynamic flour and of, of a few grains. So they do wheat. Uh, they were doing spelt. And I think they were doing emma up until about last year. So um, ancient kind of grains as well. So less less gluten influence on those things. And uh, we use a bit of their stuff in our beer. So raw grains from them. And they, they're just magnificent. Uh, we've got uh, Alan Cass out at AC Hops. They do um, they just started this little hop farm out in Ballarat or in Dean, sorry, near Ballarat. Um, and they do, they just grow these kind of older, some noble varieties, some uh, more high alpha varieties of hops, which are just, you know, beautiful local produced and a different terroir to uh, what um, HPA is doing up in the, the, the Keywell Valley there. Uh, we've got Ernie down in Buninyong as well, who does some magnificent blueberries. There's uh, Ladovino Wines, which is out in uh, Kogel's Creek. I mean, the region's magnificent. There's, so there's, you've got all these producers doing some amazing stuff. And if we can incorporate any of that stuff into our beer, we do. You wouldn't make beer simply to win awards, but the recognition can make a difference. To sales, for sure, but also as an endorsement of approach and direction. Ed talks about the marvels of medals. We, had a, we won an uh, IBA, Independent Brewers Association, championship trophy in 2019 for our mixed culture beer, which was a, was a, a straight mixed culture beer, uh, what, what we like to call a, a pseudo-lambic. So um, it was an inoculated lambic. So the, the three components of the lambic are, you know, Saccharomyces, uh, lactic acid, bacteria, which is, uh, you know, plantarum or, or something else and a pediococcus and then uh, we also incorporated uh, Britannomyces as well um, and a couple of strains of Britannomyces uh, on a uh, what do you call it like a, a 70% Pilsner 30% uh, wheat and then a little bit of uh, crystal rye malt in there as well kind of base into large large barrels and then let it age for about two years and then in 2019, we packaged it and, and sent it off to uh, the IBA and we won a championship trophy there, which was amazing, like we were totally unexpected and, uh, you know, just entering it to be part of the industry and, and you know, be at these things and um, to be awarded something like that is amazing. And then in 2022, we won a, um, a champion Australian beer for our uh, Gold Teeth, which was a, a peach beer, which... Um, it's just really nice, simple, uh, barrel-aged, not very much funk. Uh, it was a it was a spontaneous fermented barrel-aged beer, and then put over these beautiful uh, biodynamic clingstone peaches from um, Ruffy, and it was just amazing to amazing event and amazing 
to win an uh, award and that. And yeah, honestly, don't know how we did it, but it was a very tasty beer. So <laughs> seeing the industry change from uh, what it was, you know, ten years ago to to what it is now, and and that, and just having uh, Australian wild and and spontaneous and sour beers recognised as as you know that highly. Uh, accoladed in Australia is, is is huge. It's um massive, so it really makes us I don't know love what we do a bit more. The beer is crucial, but the visual identity is a big part of creating a brand. Dollar Bill works with McGill Design Group's Craig McGill and Susan Elliott to build out their monetary Dollar Bill theme. It is basically. Uh, a monetary themed kind of label. We, we employed a, the bloke who uh, did the original uh, bicentennial $10 bill. He's done uh, passport artwork and, and the whole currency for Papua New Guinea. He was the youngest person to do a currency, a full currency. Um, so uh, Craig McGill up in Sydney, he does all that artwork. He's uh, amazing, but it was all monetary theme. There's complexity in the labels. Um, as much as our, as there is complexity in our beers. So I think that's kind of the direction we chose with that is to kind of, you know, our labels should represent our beer. And then there is, you know, if you look at them, there's a whole lot going on there. There's, all, there's a little hidden tracks on each label. Uh, so a song to drink the beer to. So we, we're trying to create an immersive experience. Um, and then, yeah, just the, the fine line artwork is magnificent. Uh, we did. We ended a few of those in uh, the Craft Beer Marketing Awards um, in the states a couple of years ago in 22, and we pulled a couple of platinums out of uh, platinum trophies out of that as well. And uh, we engage a, a local Ballarat artist for some other artwork, uh, which is our Rare Oak Society. We we do a subscriber club, um, which is all about uh, just getting direct direct consumer products um, and he did the artwork for our Rare Oak Society and that won a, a gold uh, crushy award so uh, it's magnificent. There's no point brewing beer unless you love drinking beer too but how does Ed Nolly love to enjoy the fruits of his labour? Uh, I would find a very nice refined um, Pinot glass preferably uh, Pinot or Chardonnay glass and uh, make sure it's cold but not too cold, pour it, uh, and then sit down and, and enjoy it with friends um, and friends and cheese. and <laughs> um, Yeah, I'd, I wouldn't drink, you know, more, more than three or four in, a, in an evening, but, um, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's more of a sharing kind of thing. So if you, if you have friends, and that's what the, the music's kind of, we had um, uh, Stu from Voyager Malt came past and he said he... He drank one of the beers, uh, and I think it was our red letter beer, and it, it has a, a Spanish song attached to it. And he, he never would have had the conversation. He was drinking with a friend, and they scanned the code, and, and this Spanish song started to play. And they got into a whole conversation of how they'd both been to Spain and worked in Spain. And this, you know, this conversation would never have happened if they hadn't had scanned that uh, little code and listened to the song whilst uh, enjoying one of our beers. So, yeah, it's really nice to hear those kind of stories too. The people in the industry are amazing. Like the people you get to meet, uh, the events you get to go to, um, and then just everyone and the the collaborative kind of nature of it. Everyone 
wants to do stuff together or help each other out. And I've, I've worked in a few other industries, industries, and it's nothing like that. Like the the beer industry and, and brewing in general is just so much fun. That that would be the my favorite part of of the whole thing. Craft beer is a world unto itself. For the makers and the geeks, it's full of terminology and technicality. But it's all in service of simple pleasures. A glass of beer, fascinating flavours, and something to chat about and enjoy with friends. Ed Nolly combines art and science in his hobby-turned-profession, and Dollar Bill is going from strength to strength. This is The Producers, a Deep in the Weeds production. I'm Danny Vallant. Stay tuned as we talk to some of Australia's best farmers, makers and growers. Follow us on Instagram at Producers Podcast or contact us via deepintheweeds.com.au.